Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. We have received a spirit of sonship in which we cry, Abba, Father. It's so wonderful to sweetly cry, Abba, Father. If you can only call God, God, it may indicate you're not a son of God. But sons can cry, Abba, Father. Many spiritual terms are presented in the book of Romans, but they are all coming to life in this wonderful life study of Romans. Welcome to the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry, Anaheim, California. This program is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, and we are so grateful before the Lord to be able to bring you recorded excerpts of those original spoken messages, in this case from the 1970s. And we're also grateful that we have Dick Taylor back with us today to add more fellowship to these incredible life studies. Dick, welcome back. It's good as always to have you here. It sure is good to be back on the life study. We've had a wonderful progression thus far, Dick, in Romans, from the condemned state that mankind is in before he's saved, through justification, sanctification, and now on to glorification. For openers today, Dick, what does it mean that justification is for sanctification, and sanctification is for glorification. This is a tremendous progression in the book of Romans. Justification is the base of God's salvation to make sinners into sons of God. Justification involves God's action that he takes to approve us according to his standard of righteousness. And no one can be approved by God without believing in his crucified and resurrected son, Jesus Christ. So when we believe into Christ, we are justified. This is the base of God's salvation. But he continues his saving work in us by sanctifying us. So justification is for sanctification. And sanctification means that we are separated unto God and we are saturated with God. This is sanctification. And then the ultimate consummation of God's saving process is glorification. You have the base, justification, you have the procedure, sanctification, and you have the goal, which is glorification. I like the footnote in the recovery version of Romans 8.30. Glorification is the step in God's complete salvation in which God will completely saturate our body of sin which is of death and is mortal, with the glory of his life and nature according to the principle of his regenerating our spirit through the spirit. In this way, he will transfigure our body, conforming it to the resurrected glorious body of his son. This is the ultimate step in God's complete salvation, wherein God obtains a full expression, which will ultimately be manifested in the new Jerusalem in the coming age. 
So justification is for sanctification, sanctification is for glorification, and every one of these is Christ. That's why we're in a life study. Thank you, Dick. That was a good question. I'm glad I asked it. Let's join Witness Lee for today's life study. Condemnation needs justification. Justification is for sanctification. And sanctification is for glorification. And glorification is for the full sanction of the children of God. Have you noticed before chapter 8, verse 14, the term children of God or sins of God has not been used? So you have to see the depth of Paul's writing. He was serious. He didn't write anything loosely, lightly, carelessly. Whatever he wrote was with a deep, deep purpose. Now, after verse 13 of chapter 8, we come to a verse that tells us something of the sins of God. From this verse, verse 14 of chapter 8, the heirs of God or the sons of God or the children of God has been brought in. But in this portion, the ultimate concept is not on the children, nor even is not on the sons, but on the heirs. And you may be a son, but... You're still not an heir. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Verse 14 is a continuation of the foregoing portion, which tells us that we have to walk according to the Spirit. To walk according to the Spirit, in a sense, is to be under the leading of the Holy Spirit. So here, 14 continues to say, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Paul's writing is wonderful. He just, by this short sentence, turns the whole concept from the sanctified ones to the sons of God. The thought of being the sons of God has not been brought in thus far until verse 14. How are you being sanctified? By walking according to the Spirit. To walk according to the Spirit, in a sense, is to be under the leading of the Spirit of God. So as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Dick, today we have begun this topic, the heirs of glory, and this will be actually the first of four programs on this topic. We have this incredible progression in this portion of Romans from first children of God then to sons of God, and ultimately to be qualified to be heirs of God. 
How does this progression take place in our walk, our experience with the Lord? Uh, When you consider all the verses in chapter 8 from 14 through 39, you see a section of sonship and maturity, beginning with children, then sons, and eventually heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So this section of sonship means that there is a growth and there is a progress because we start with children and sons and then heirs, indicating there needs to be growth in life. There needs to be a development of the life within us that we received when we first believed and we were regenerated with the very life of the Son of God. This section, 14 through 39, begins with, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. For is a word that takes us back to the previous section. The main point that's brought out in 1 through 13 is that those who walk according to the Spirit are able to fulfill all the righteous requirements of the law. We can never fulfill the righteous requirements of the law apart from walking according to the Spirit. So the need from the time we're born again is to pay attention to the wonderful Christ who is the life-giving Spirit within our spirit and to walk according to him in our daily life, to be led by him, to walk according to him, to pay attention to him. Thereby we grow, we progress, we mature, we become sons of God, and even through sufferings that we pass through, we mature even further to become heirs of God. So here we see children, sons, and heirs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our destination is heirs of God. Amen. That's quite a thought. That's an heir of God. (laughs) What are you going to inherit, Chris? God. God. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to Witness Lee for more of our life study. Amen. Verse 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery to fear again. But you have received a spirit of sonship. How did we receive this spirit of sonship? By the spirit of the Son of God coming into our spirit. You all know Galatians 4, 6 is a sister verse to this verse. There in Galatians 4, 6, it says, The spirit of the Son of God enters into your spirit because the spirit of the Son of God enters into our spirit, so our spirit becomes a spirit of sonship. In this verse, it is our spirit becoming the spirit of the sonship. In Galatians 4, 6, it is the spirit of Christ entering into our spirit. So in this verse, it says, in which, in what? In the spirit of sonship, we cry, Abba, Father. But in Galatians 4, 6, it says, the spirit of Christ cries, Abba, Father. It's a little difference. But whether we cry or he cries, both cry together. When we cry, it is he cries. When he cries, it is we cry. But according to grammar, here in Romans 8.15, the subject of crying is we. And there in Galatians 4.6, 
the subject of crying is he. Wow, these two verses prove he and we, we and he are just one. When we say, Abba, Father, he says, we did not see. You see the point? This is why here it says, we cry, and there it says, he cries. But this crying is just one crying. His crying is in our crying. Why? Because he is the spirit of the Son of God. And you have to know, whenever these two terms put together, Abba means father. Father means Abba. Abba, father. It's quite meaningful. Abba doesn't mean anything else but father. Abba, father. Whenever these two terms put together, it gives you a deep, sweet sense. So intimate. And the sweetness is so intensified. Abba, father. Just like in all the races, the people call their father in a sweet sense, a daddy. You know, in Chinese they call Baba. And uh, in the Philippines and other countries they call Papa. Why would you not call Da, Ba, Pa? <laughs> Why only once, not twice? Because that is too poor. You have to say, Daddy, Papa, Baba. You have to call, Abba, Father. <laughs> if you only say Father, it is good, but not so sweet. Abba, Father. It's really sweet. Why you call Abba Father? Because you do have a spirit of sonship. Suppose I am not his son. It'd be hard for me to call him Daddy. Suppose my dear father is really here. Even I am 70 years of age, I like to call him Daddy. It's so sweet. Why? Because I am born of him. Because I do have a spirit of sonship within me. So young people, there's no need for you to doubt whether you are the sons of, of God or not. You just check. When you call, Abba, Father, do you have the sweet sensation within or not? If you do, that proves you are a son of God. You have the spirit of the sonship. If you feel hard to call what? Call him God. That's okay for me to call him Father. It's hard. Surely you are not a son. As long as you would call Abba Father sweetly, it proves that you are a son of God. Okay, let me check with all of you. Are you sons of God? Yeah. Then call him. Very good. Listen to your voice. So sweet, so joyful. I have the full assurance all of you are my brother. <laughs> Surely we all are the sons of God. Hallelujah. It, Hallelujah. It is so sweet to cry, Abba, Abba Father. Father. 
as genuine children, we make this cry, Dick. That's right. Could you fellowship with us more about his spirit and our spirit crying, Abba, Father, as mentioned here in Romans 8.15 and also in Galatians 4.6? Yeah, this is two wonderful verses. 8.15 says, We've received a spirit of sonship in which we cry, Abba, Father, we cry. And then in 4.6 of Galatians it says, Because you're sons of God, God has sent forth the spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So Galatians 4.6 says, The spirit of sonship cries within our spirit, Abba, Father. But 8.15 in Romans indicates, We cry, Abba, Father. This indicates the spirit and our spirit have become one. And this is the most precious point, Christ as the wonderful spirit who has come into us to be our life and to be so one and so intimate with us. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit, 1 Corinthians six seventeen. We are one with him, he's one with us. He cries when we cry, Abba, Father. He cries, Abba, Father. And when he cries, Abba, Father, we cry, Abba, Father. We cry in his crying, he cries in our crying. We're just one. This is a very precious joining. And I like this phrase, Abba, Father. This is exquisitely intimate. This is sweetness intensified, Abba, Father. If you can only call God, God, or refer to God as God, it may be a very strong indicator that you're not a son. But if you can cry sweetly, Abba, Father, it indicates that you have received the life of God and you have received the spirit of sonship so you're able to cry, Abba, Father. Uh, one of the most precious things here is just this matter of these two words, Abba, Father. All those who are listening, uh, you should really enjoy the Lord in this way. And Chris and I like to enjoy the Lord this way. How about even right now in the broadcast, I'll just cry a couple of times, Abba, Father, and then Chris will follow me and cry a couple of times, Abba, Father. And then you who are listening, whether you're in your car, in your house, wherever you may be, I hope you would also cry a couple of times sweetly, Abba, Father. Okay, I'll start. Abba, Father. Oh, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Amen. Abba, Father. Amen. Now it's your turn. I hope all of you are crying sweetly and intimately, enjoying this wonderful God who's not just God, but he's our Father. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study. Verse 16. The Spirit himself witnesses with our spirit that we are the children of God. The witnessing of the Holy Spirit starts from the youngest age. Maybe start just from your birth, spiritual birth. Regardless how young you are, how new you are, you are one of the children. You are a child. And this witnessing is by the Spirit of God with our spirit. It doesn't say in our spirit. If it says in our spirit, it means only the spirit of God witnesses, but not our spirit. The spirit witnesses with our spirit. Both work. The spirit of God witnesses, 
At the same time, our spirit witnesses it all together with him. It's wonderful. Well, you may say, I don't feel so. Where is the spirit of God? I don't feel so. But I would say, sister, don't you feel that your spirit witnesses? Yes, amen. Okay, sister, you have to realize as your spirit is witnessing, that is also the Holy Spirit witnessing. Why? Because today the two spirits are mingled together as one. It's really hard for anyone to tell the difference, the distinction between these two spirits. I still like to add a few words about the leading of the spirit. We always think the leading of the spirit is something all the time out of a sudden. It may come to us from the third heaven or from what part of the uh, space, uh, maybe from the moon or what, uh, we don't know. But anyhow, you know what I mean. If uh, I'm going to uh, buy something, uh, I have to pray, Oh Lord, should I buy this or not? Oh, give me a sign or uh, a kind of indication if you want me to buy. Well, you just uh, give me the transportation. If no transportation are available, uh, that means you don't want me to buy. Uh, uh, if you want me to buy the things, Lord, keep the stores open. Suppose today all the stores will be on holidays. That means you don't want me to buy. Why you laugh? Well, this has been all the time your way to seek the Lord leading. Always like this. But have you noticed? about the Lord leading in verse 14. For is the first word you have here. What is going to be mentioned in this verse is a continuation of what has been going on already. So the leading in verse 14 is the things that have been covered in the foregoing verses. The main point in the foregoing verses is number one, to walk according to the Spirit, that we may fulfill the righteous requirement of God. How could you get the leading of the Spirit? Not by praying, strictly speaking. Not by looking to some signs or indications. No. You have the spirit leading by walking according to spirit. The leading of the spirit is not of some outward things. The leading of the spirit is of the consciousness of life. Dick, we just had an enjoyable and entertaining presentation by Witness Lee, but we also got a very practical illustration of the leading of the Spirit. Most Christians are very eager to get the Spirit's leading, but we tend to look for it in a different way, don't we? Yes, we sure do. This is too precious. Again, I thank the Lord for the life study of Romans, bringing us to the matter of life. Christ as the Spirit is the very life within us. And so the Lord's leading today 
is not a matter of outward things, but it's altogether a matter of the inward sensation and consciousness of the life that is now in our spirit. You know, many times uh, we, we, we'd still go the way of wanting indicators. Okay, uh, Lord, should I go to the store to shop? If the stores are closed, then I know that uh, you don't want me to go. Or if the tire's flat on my car, I shouldn't go to work today or something like ridiculous things. All kinds of uh, outward indicators. But the Lord's way of leading is really in the way of life as the spirit within our spirit. 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the spirit, these are sons of God. So the leading of the spirit is not in an outward way with outward indicating, but it's by the inward sense and consciousness of the divine life within our spirit. Many times we can disobey this. We just go by outward things. Even outwardly, everything may be positive and may even appear to be of the Lord. For example, in 2 Corinthians 2, Paul said a door of the gospel was opened to him, but he said he had no rest in his spirit. So by taking care of his spirit, he took care of the inner leading of the spirit. And by doing this, you mature and you really live as a son of God. When I first graduated from college, I was thinking of going to play a professional sport. I said, Lord, if certain person calls on a certain day, uh, then I know it's from you. Well, he didn't call, so I changed the day. If he calls on this day, well, he he didn't call on that day either. So I I made all kinds of deals with the Lord. If you give me this indicator and this kind of sign, most of them did not work. But inside, I was empty, I was restless, and I had no peace. I should not have gone, but I basically was something I wanted to do. I had to learn a hard lesson through that. But it really helped me to appreciate the leading of the Spirit is the inner leading of the life within our spirit, and we must pay attention to that consciousness of life and that sense of life in our spirit. Hallelujah for the leading of the spirit. Dick, I'm sorry. I couldn't help but chuckle when you were giving that story because so many uh, memories came to my mind. We've all played these kind of games with the Lord. Oh, yeah. But we are finding him as a living, leading person from within us. That's right. He's always leading. He just needs us to cooperate with him according to that sense of life in our spirit. We want to render that cooperation to him because we love him. Yes, we do. And we have a spirit that cries, Abba, Father. Amen. Thank you for the wonderful fellowship today. Oh, you're welcome. It's good to be here. It's always good to have you, and we'll have you back very soon. Amen. We have a toll-free number also, and that is 888-LIFE-STUDY, which is 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. I would like to point out also for the benefit of our listeners that frequently ask us, we do have a financial policy at Living Stream. We infrequently talk about it because it's a sensitive subject. But it's our belief at Living Stream Ministry that any ministry that is genuinely from God should and can trust God for all of its needs. Therefore, it's our policy not to solicit or request donations. However, if any of our listeners are touched by the Lord to make an offering to Him, we do receive that offering as unto the Lord and will use it for the furtherance of His truth. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to having you back again for another life study of the Book of Romans. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.